When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. All right, welcome in. Bonus scoop time on a Tuesday, which means it's Judd. It's executive producer Declan Goff, of course. And it is the star of the show, the man of the hour, Darren Doogie Wolfson, Channel 5 Eyewitness News, and also scoop a podcast fame. And uh, Darren, let's start you off with this one. Timberwolves reckless speculation, which is absolutely fantastic. I love it. Uh, continues to run rampant. What can you tell us about D'Angelo Russell being tied to uh, potential trade rumors? Well, I think it's pretty clear. Good morning, by the way, Judd. Good morning, Declan. I think it's pretty clear the Washington Wizards are looking for a point guard upgrade. Their casting of a wide net, though, I'm telling you, Judd, does not include D'Angelo Russell. I have not seen any local steam on this, but I have seen some national steam connecting D'Angelo Russell Mm -hmm. to the Washington Wizards. I am led to believe very strongly the Washington Wizards have zero interest in D'Angelo Russell. Now, that being said, I still think... If Tim Connolly wants to trade D'Angelo Russell in the final year of his contract, that there will be a taker out there. Maybe more so because of the expiring contract, not necessarily because of the player. I just don't sense there's a lot of league-wide interest in D'Angelo Russell. There is in New York. There is one person who is the president of the D'Angelo Russell fan club. His name is Gerson Rosas, and he now has an official title with the New York Knicks. He no longer is a consultant. So the Knicks, who seemingly need a point guard, they've been tied to Tyus Jones, Jalen Brunson. Now, they just added Jalen Brunson's dad to the staff, who was on Tibbs' staff here. Yeah. So maybe it's that simple, that Jalen Brunson is going to end up in New York. But like that, to me, would be the team. Like If Jalen Brunson re-signs with Dallas or he ends up in Detroit, Okay, maybe. There's also this line of thinking that if Tim Connolly wants to, which is something I'm positive he has explored, is that one year from now, July of 2023, if he wants, he can have maximum cap flexibility. Now, that doesn't mean going out and signing a huge name free agent. You could do that if you wanted to, but you you have all sorts of trade flexibility. So you could do that. You could have Russell as an expiring contract. Heck, last time, He was an expiring contract. Go back to Brooklyn before he signed with the Golden State Warriors. Remember how well he played. So he enjoyed being in a full-fledged contract year. Now, last media day, Judd, last September, late September, 
You know, it was lost in the whole Rosas fiasco. But D'Angelo Russell, when he was on stage with us, suggested that this past season was a contract year. That he looked at this last year as a contract year because he is now extension eligible. So that was his way of saying, okay, you know, I'll play well, which he did for about 50 games. Not quite sure about the last 30. Played well in the playing game against the Clippers, then had a miserable series against the Grizzlies. But he looked at this year as, okay, I'm earning my money this year. The Wolves are going to give me a stupid amount of money this summer. Well, I just don't see that happening. I certainly didn't see it happening if Sachin Gupta was elevated to president of operations. But I have a hard time believing Tim Connolly, as savvy, as shrewd as he is, is going to give D'Angelo Russell the money that he is seeking. So if Connolly wants to, you can play this thing out. Malik Beasley has a team option for 23-24 that you didn't, you know, don't need to necessarily exercise. Mm-hmm. You've got Pat Beverly as an expiring contract. So there is flexibility if Connolly pursues that route. But I just I want to debunk that chatter that's out there. Again, more so on the national level, not the local level, but the Washington Wizards are not a match for D'Angelo Russell. So if you want to play with the trade machine or concoct any number of scenarios, just stop with the D'Angelo Russell to Washington talk. All right, sounds good. Uh, now, with with the addition of the executive that they brought on, that uh, Conley brought on last week from the Magic, what can you tell us, Doogie, about how the front office um, structure is shaking out and what Gupta's f- future holds? Because it sounds like there's a feeling that Gupta is still the number two guy, but clearly you don't bring in a guy from the Magic not to play a very important role. So what do we know right now about how things are going to be structured under uh, Tim Conley. Well, Matt Lloyd is going to play an important role, and he is very close with Tim Connolly, but he was the number three in Orlando. So, yeah, was he really leaving Orlando to come here to be the number three? Do you go from being the three there to the three here? Like, I have a hard time believing that, but by title, technically by title, Lloyd is the number three. Gupta is the number two. I had somebody I trust in the NBA who's been right way more often than he's been wrong, Judd, suggest to me by Summer League. I forget the start of Summer League, what the date is. Is it late July, early August? That by the start of Vegas Summer League, Sachin Gupta will be working for the Houston Rockets. Now, that might be more for Thursday reckless speculation. I can tell you what I know. Instead of speculating, what I know. The Wolves clearly want... Such and Gupta here, that his skill set, his analytical mind, you know, some other things he brings to the table are different than the strengths of Tim Connolly and Matt Lloyd. That the three of them certainly could coexist. That Such and Gupta is incredibly low maintenance, even though I'm positive he is not thrilled with the way everything transpired. He thought he had earned the opportunity to be the number one guy here. He wants to be the number one somewhere. Is it easier to be the number one somewhere in the next couple of years by staying here or by going to Houston? That is something that he will need to ask himself. I could make a case that it's staying here, that it's not going to Houston. But I'm just telling you somebody who I trust, that's why I threw it out here, but I'm framing it around the idea that, that it would fit better on Thursday, reckless speculation. But he predicts that by midsummer, that Gupta will not be here anymore. But right now... They are coexisting. They've had draft workouts the last few days. Hardy, 
a G League guard who's a first-round talent. He was in for a workout on Sunday. EJ Liddell, who's a first-round talent from Ohio State, he was in yesterday along with some other prospects, including some second-round guys or some undrafted guys. They have another draft workout today, Tuesday, June 7th. I know Brad Davison from Maple Grove High School, Wisconsin Badgers, is among the group working out today. So they're all in the gym, you know, so they're they're doing their, their work. But, you know, like the scouting, that's Lloyd. That's Connolly. I'm sure they are picking the brain of Gupta when they're in the boardroom. They're right. kicking around things. But, like, Lloyd and, and Connolly come from a scouting background. Right, and while Tim Connolly was not in Chicago for the combine, so I guess he's a little behind, right. right? Because he was sorting through everything with the Wolves' offer. Like they brought in prospects to Denver before the combine, so he's done his homework. Denver has the twenty-first pick, so it's right there in the Wolves' neighborhood. You know where the Wolves picked nineteenth. So Tim Connolly has been doing his draft homework for a while. Orlando maybe a slightly different boat, but Lloyd's been watching these prospects for a while attended all sorts of college games. Like It's not like the draft is this new phenomenon for Matt Lloyd. He's been studying these prospects for a while, going back to USA camp, USA games, McDonald's All-American game, you know, other high school events where NBA scouts are allowed. Like Matt Lloyd has the book on a lot of these prospects going back multiple years. It's not like he just started draft prep two, three months ago. On Gupta, it seems like it would probably make sense just from both sides standpoint, Doogie, uh, for him to work through here through the draft and then leave because I'm sure that the Wolves don't want um, potential proprietary information to go to um, to a different team, for instance. And also, he probably has some in-depth knowledge of things that the Wolves have been trying to work on for the draft. So this sort of seems like a football thing, which is your scouting staff and main people, uh, if there is change before the draft, they work through it, Doogie, and then depart after that. So I would say that your recklessly speculating source might be exactly right in the sense that the Wolves probably are trying to hold Gupta to his contract through the draft and then say, you know, good, good luck if you don't want to stay with us. Well, in the NBA, contracts, Judd, go from June 30th until July 1st of the following year. Okay. You know, so like, you know, you and I and Declan, our contracts, you know, I guess for me, it's the day I signed. Mine goes from January 27th until, you know, two years out, you know, late January. But in the NBA, all contracts, specifically for those in the front office, June 30th until July 1st of the following year, June 30th, because... That is immediately after the draft. But the counter to what you just said is Orlando said, Matt, go ahead. Go to Minnesota now. Yeah, and Orlando nice. said, hey, Matt, like you don't need to stick around here. Or he had the ability to say, I can exit right now. But that to me is interesting that Lloyd was able to join this close to the draft pre-draft. Interesting. Um, it sounds like the, the folks in Denver – are not taking the departure of Conley well. The, the Cronky Jr. comments are intriguing there. Um, what do we know about that? Was was that just, and from Conley's comments in the press conference last week, it seemed like there were some definite veiled shots at Denver's unwillingness potentially to pay 
Uh, how how acrimonious do we think that that whole thing is, probably between Denver and Conley, but also between Denver and the Timberwolves? Well, yeah. I mean, you know, Denver going back to losing Masai Ujiri, right? Now losing Tim Connolly, the infrastructure of their front office, you know, do they have enough staff, practice facility concerns? Like, there's a lot of things where if you're in the front office of Denver, you're scratching your head. The Wolves did not do anything illegally. Let's make that very, very clear. They played by the rules. Denver, Kroenke, like, what were you doing giving Connolly an option in the final year of his contract. That's on you. That's not on the Wolves. The Wolves were very, very diligent, and many other words, for seeking out Tim specifically, also having interest in some other guys, but knowing that those guys weren't realistic. Like, you you weren't getting Sam Presti out of Oklahoma City. You weren't getting Masai out of Toronto. You just weren't. You know, I know some other people tossed out Bob Myers with the Warriors. You were not getting Bob out of San Francisco. But Connolly had this option in his contract. He was sitting there for the taking. So, hey, you know, we could argue after the, you know, 82nd game play-in from a few years ago that Denver and the Wolves, if you want to count the Wolves as having any sort of rival, you know, you could say, okay, it's a nice one there. Jokic and Cat don't like each other, at least on the court. You know, so... You know, there's a little bit of bad blood there, right? So, hey, I guess ramp up the rivalry even more so. But Mark Laurie, Alex Rodriguez, more so Mark, you know, not them following the lead of Glenn Taylor. By the way, this was driven by Mark Laurie and Alex Rodriguez. If this was just Glenn Taylor, Tim Connolly is not here. Tim Connolly is here because of Mark Laurie and Mm -hmm. I suppose a little bit Alex Rodriguez, but certainly Mark Laurie that, hey, they did everything that, that they could have done. Now, we could debate, you know, is it smart to give any sliver of equity, whatever that sliver is, you know, tied to to team value. But to me, team value is going to go up. Look at what the Portland Trailblazers, the offer that Phil Knight and the limited partner from the Dodgers put on the table, $2.1 billion. The Wolves are being sold for $1.55, billion. Now, I know there are some arena concerns, but if the Portland Trailblazers could sell now, it's not 100% that the Blazers are going to sell the Allen family, but if they do, $2.1 billion in Portland? Like, the Wolves' value is going to go up, 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 especially with the core they have in place. Now, no guarantees that, that they win another 46 games next year, but you would think minimum they'll be in the play-in. They'll be on national TV more the next couple of years with Anthony Edwards. Like, I think that's a foregone conclusion. The Wolves' value is going to go up. So whatever that sliver of equity is tied to the value of the franchise, that is a golden ticket for Tim Connolly. So we can debate whether that's smart or not for for any ownership group to, to provide that. But it's not unprecedented. It's rare, but it's happened before. You know, so, I mean, I guess I can understand, you know, from the Kroenke standpoint, like, what are you doing? And I can tell you, Jed, I brought this up a couple of weeks ago. I'll reiterate it now. There are league people saying, Mark, Alex, Glenn, what the heck are you doing? Like, I may have an executive with a contract coming up here in a year or two. And now this executive has all this negotiating power. He's going to point to what Minnesota did. He's going to ask me for some sliver of equity. 
What the heck did you do, Minnesota? So (laughs) there is that line of thinking out there, but just know they did everything that they were allowed to do. They did not break any rules. So to me, you know, I side on on the side of of Mark and Alex for being very, very aggressive. Hey, when are are the Twins going to get Joe Ryan back? He's been on the COVID protocol list for a while now, and he, uh, he didn't obviously travel to Toronto. With, you know, six tough games starting tonight, Yankees and then Rays uh, through Sunday, when do we expect Joe Ryan to be back? Well, he's been throwing at Target Field. He's been in town. I'm told he feels fine. You know, he's out of that COVID bubble. He's fine. Like, to me, Judd, I'd love to see him tonight against the Yankees at Target Field. But it's way more likely the Twins have not announced a starting pitcher Signs point to it being Cole Sands, that it won't be Joe Ryan, that the Twins have legitimately talked about Joe Ryan going on some sort of quick rehab assignment. I don't think he needs a rehab assignment. Those close to him, I sense, don't think he needs a rehab assignment. Get Joe Ryan back in the Twins' rotation this week, whether it's this series against New York or this weekend series against Tampa. Joe Ryan should be starting this week at Target Field, not wherever the St. Paul Saints are or down in Cedar Rapids. Joe Ryan should be starting for the Twins. He is ready to go. I'm sorry. Did you just say for a point of clarification that Cole Sands might be the TBD starter for tonight? Well, yeah, they have not announced a starter for tonight. Just look at it. Who's it going to be unless they decide it'll be Joe Ryan? They have not made anything public. I can tell you as of... Could you start? I don't have my cell phone here. I left it upstairs. But as of some point last night after Droogie's baseball game, so his game got done. Droogie starting. 745. He's been firing bullets. Although you should have seen that bad baseball last night. Oh. Oh, boy. boy. We got problems. Oh, boy. Here's what happens. School gets done. All right. So Droogie had his last day of school on Friday. All his teammates had their last day of school on Friday. That first day. Yeah, they were not. Yeah, okay, it just not, it no. was weird. That first game, although he actually played in a game with his tournament team on Sunday, and they kicked butt actually against Kevin Seifert's son's team. Uh, they played really well. It was a great game. It was it was oh, a really fun a atmosphere. Seifert right now. Yeah, you'll see him later today at, at Vikings minicamp. It was fun though. And thanks to Kevin for uh, he got the wheels in motion with me, and then I talked to our coach, and Kevin talked to his coach, and it was it was fantastic here in the West Metro on Sunday night. So. That team that Droogie played on had a good game on Sunday, but his other team last night, it was a train wreck, John. It just Mm. was. I'm telling you, that first game, I had another coach come up to me and say, hey, I think it's because of no school today, that first day out. And I said, you know what? I didn't think about that, but you're spot on. So, yeah, just the focus just wasn't there. Error after error Mm. after error. It was Mm. just – it was bad, bad baseball. But, yes, you know – it looks like it'll beat Cole Sands. He started one of those games last week of the doubleheader in Detroit. Who else would it be? I mean, to me, it's one of two people. It's Cole Sands or it's Joe Ryan. But as of like 8.30-ish last night, 8.45, Joe Ryan had not been told that he is starting tonight. So if he was told, it was sometime after about 8.45 last night. Interesting stuff. Um, Randy Dobnik has apparently... Fallen off the face of the earth. What can you tell us about a guy who, you know, got a decent contract from the Twins 
a year ago, was expected to be in the rotation, had an injury in spring training, and now uh, we have not heard too much about in, you know, 2022, really. Yeah, I mean, not a new injury. It's that it's that fingernail, that finger. In fact, I did a Zoom with Randy. It was either right when the lockout ended or like a day or two before. You can find it via Google. So via Zoom, he put his finger up to the up to the camera, and he showed what was going on, and it was all bruised and all just oh, it was it was messed up. But he said he was able to to fight through it. That he felt you know some pain, but he was throwing some bullpens at home in West Virginia, you know. Mm-hmm. But he he felt like he was in a good spot. But then he heads down to Fort Myers, you know, it flares up even more. So they end up putting him on the sixty day injured list. So a couple weeks ago, he's down in Fort Myers rehabbing. He's fine. He's throwing bullpen sessions. He was this close. I guess me, you know, putting my fingers very close together works for the YouTube audience. Doesn't really work for the for the audio audience. I think but they sort of know though, right? Like he was like, oh, super close. close to going out on a rehab assignment. Like he was yep. another bullpen session away. If that went well, then he was heading out on a rehab assignment. May have just stayed in Fort Myers pitching for the team down there, but he was ready to get back into a game. Then all of a sudden, setback. Another setback. It's not good. It's going to be a while. I can't give you a a firm timetable, but any plans of seeing Randy Dobnak anytime soon, Mm -hmm. just it's it's not going to happen. Interesting. Uh, So I'm going to put you on the spot because I heard this reported during the Twins game on uh, CCL on Sunday, and I'm curious. Um, I guess that the Twins are saying – that Miguel Sano is going to probably be, uh, be set to rehab starting in a couple of weeks and go out on an assignment. Uh, one, I'm curious how long they're going to try and make that, Doogie. And two, just fl- flat out, I guess my question is this, when he is set to go, is there sort of a plan here? Because I don't really know where he fits in. And it seems like, you know, with Kirloff and AAA tearing it up, Larnick's been great here. Kepler's coming back from not being able to play. Arise has to play. I mean, hell, he's been fantastic. What is the ultimate plan for Miguel Sano for 2022 when he is uh, prepared to play in the big leagues, I guess, if that is an accurate way to put it? Yeah, so he's progressing well with – it's the knee. Correct me if I'm wrong, right? I should yes. have that in my notes here. It's the knee. The knee. It's the knee. He's progressing well. It was always mid to late June. So we're here on June 7th. So, yes, him heading out on a rehab assignment two-ish weeks from now, June 20th, June 21st, that fits the time frame. I still think, Judd, he can fit in against lefty pitchers, maybe just lefty pitchers, but you can start him against lefty pitchers. But you're right, Luis Arise leads Major League Baseball in on-base percentage. You're not effing with that. I mean, let's just think through some of these roster moves. Now, all of a sudden, Jose Miranda is coming around. But I guess you can send him down if you need to. Nick Gordon, you have to expose him to waivers. I think some team probably picks him up, but is that that big of a deal, though? They're not going to, I don't think. It's been a little bit better offensively the last couple weeks. Yeah. Maybe not so much defensively, but offensively, a little bit. It's picked up a little bit. But I guess if you need to expose Nick Gordon to waivers, so be it. We know that you know Pal- you know Palacios is going back to to St. Paul when you need to activate Carlos Correa, which sure. should be sometime this week, not necessarily today. 
In fact, I don't even know if he's ready to come off today with the two negative tests and all that, but uh, soon. Uh, so that's one move. You've got Contreras, the the outfielder. He'll go back when you need to activate somebody else. He went back, right? Well, did he officially I, go back when I Kepler was activated? Was, I Maybe thought he officially he so went back yesterday. That was always going to happen. Yeah. But the point is, like, it's it's a good problem, I suppose, if you're Derek and Thad. Mm-hmm. But trying to manipulate the roster even more so, trying to fit all these pieces in. But I'm just saying, I think you can still send Miranda back down when you need to. You can send Nick Gordon through waivers if you need to. I don't know if they'll do that, but I'm saying... I would probably do that. We'll get an update later today on Royce Lewis. I was going to ask. We'll tell you a little bit of crickets. Like I checked with some people, Uh and you know it was his birthday earlier this week, and I sent out some notes. You know, hey, be sure to pass along to Royce. Happy birthday! Hey, did he get that second MRI (laughs) when the when the swelling you know went down? Has the swelling gone down to a point of him being able to undergo a second MRI? What's going on with the scar tissue in that knee? And I got some thumbs up on wish him a happy birthday. I never got any words back on on where he's at knee wise. So, you know, I, I don't know. You know, I know I've said this many times. I'm supposed to have all the answers here on this segment. Don't necessarily have a firm answer on, on where Royce is at. Rocco will give us an update later today. Uh, you know, we'll decide if we take it at face value or not. Uh, but we will get some sort of update on, on Royce later today. But uh, just interesting that, that nobody definitively got back to me to say, hey, he's doing great, MRI, second MRI, went right. fine, whatever. Like, I didn't, no, I didn't get I any agree. of that, just so you know. All right, and uh, Viking Scoops, they start what's going to be, I guess, a two-day uh, camp today to conclude their, uh, their uh, springtime wor- workouts. They're going to take... Thursday, which is a day that they could practice and do uh, some team-building exercises. But what do we know, just scoopage-wise, about the Vikings as they get set to head into their uh, final break before training camp uh, begins in late July? I don't expect to see every player on the field. Well, certainly, Amir Smith-Marset, he'll be okay for training camp, but you're not going to see him doing anything this week. I told you last week, Zadarius Smith, I was told, slept awkwardly. But I guess we'll have to keep an eye on him. Later this afternoon, there's something else going on. I think it's pretty minor. I don't even need to speculate on on who the player is, but if you see a player off to the side, it's a minor injury. Uh, I'll leave it at that. But I don't think we're going to see, well, I know we're not going to see 100% participation, but, you know, it's not like they have, what's that? Booth is still out as well, right? Booth is, yeah, is not well, going yeah, to probably coming back take from, part. Yeah, still the sports hernia surgery. Yeah. Plus, he's still on on some sort of insurance, you know, liability waiver, mm. you know, because he still hasn't sure. signed his contract. Now, he told me a couple weeks ago he's not concerned. I, I think they'll get it done right around training camp. Same with Ed Ingram. Same with Evans, the cornerback from from Missouri. Those are the three unsigned rookies. I don't sense there's there's grave concern. Maybe there will be after the 4th of July, but like, I don't think those deals are getting done anytime real, real soon, but like they should be done by whatever the first day of training camp will be July 25th, July 26th. You know, they have not officially announced the the first day of training camp, but it'll be that week that, that July 24th week. But otherwise, you know, it's, it's good times over there right now, you know, until they lose a game, but you know, it's not like they need to excuse anybody 
from mandatory minicamp. Remember, this week is mandatory, even though it'll have the same feel as the organized team activities. But the one difference is guys have to be there this week. So, you know, I expect guys to be there. The question is, will every guy be out there on the field? And, and I don't think that will be the case. Great stuff, sir. We will talk to you again on Thursday, okay? You want me to empty out the, the figurative notebook? Although I jotted down a few things. Sure, go ahead. So I was with Chet Holmgren's parents the other day for for a feature story that I'm working on before before the draft. He'll visit Orlando next week. So there is a chance the Minneapolis native, the former Minnehaha Academy star, he's in that mix. The question is, you know, will Orlando go Chet, combine him with his former high school teammate Jalen Suggs, or do they go with Jabari Smith from Auburn, or is there a chance they go with Paulo Bancaro from Duke? Those three guys are going to go one, two, three. We just don't know the order. Orlando pick one, OKC pick two, Houston pick three. But I had a fun time catching up with with Chet's mom and dad. There was an elementary school team he was on, Judd, that not only featured Jalen Suggs, but also featured Tyrell Terry, who played at De La Salle High School, then a high second-round pick of the Mavericks, finished the year with the Memphis Grizzlies. Like, think about that. Sixth that grade, didn't lose. Jalen Suggs, Chet Holmgren, Tyrell Terry. Very nice. Just off the charts. Then, you know, just small world. Reed Travis, the Travis family, great athletic family in Minneapolis. They are really close with the Holmgrens. So uh-huh. they are going to be at the draft with the Holmgrens. So just, I had a blast over at their house in, in Minneapolis last week. So I wanted to. I wanted to get that out there. Jimmy Snuggerud, future gopher. He just wrapped up the NHL draft combine and he met with all the teams. So it's not like there's one team showing more interest than another, but I hope to connect with him pre-draft the NHL draft right after, what is it? Right after the 4th of July Yep, or somewhere in that vicinity. The NBA yes. draft is a week, week and a half before the NHL draft previous years. It was like the NBA draft was on a Thursday then the NHL draft will be that Friday, Saturday. That's not the case this year. But Jimmy Snuggerud, Twin Cities native, will be the highest local kid to go. His draft range is 20-ish to 33, 34, 35. Then let me wish congratulations to Minneapolis native former Robbinsdale Armstrong, high school wide receiver, Thai Chikial Bowman. His older brother played at Northwestern. You may remember him. He pursued a professional career. Don't know where his older brother is now, but uh, Ty went to, to Independence Community College, one of the big JUCOs down in Kansas. Uh, he just signed with the Florida Gators this week. So he had a really good year, was not a big-time recruit coming out of Armstrong High School, but really had a good year at Independence Community College, really worked on his body, his route running. So pretty cool to land in the SEC with the Florida Gators. So that's pretty cool for, for a Twin Cities native. All right, sir. Great stuff. Talk to you. Okay, see you, boys. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited-time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com. 
Hurry into Ram Power Days and experience the raw power of the Ram 3500 with available best-in-class torque and towing among 350-3500 pickups when properly equipped. Strap yourself in for one powerful ride in the Ram TRX with the most horsepower of any gas pickup ever built. Or the Ram 1500, awarded number one in driver appeal among light-duty pickups by J.D. Power three years in a row. Hurry into Ram Power Days going on now. For J.D. Power 2022 U.S. award information, visit jdpower.com awards.